Hello and welcome back to Checkpoint Radio. This is episode 21, the final episode of the year. My name is James and I'm joined by Ben and Connor as always. And in today's show, we're going to be taking a look back at the year in gaming and it's safe to say it's been a huge year for the industry, but it's not been without some drama either. But before we get into all that, gentlemen, it's the final episode of 2023. How are we all feeling? Ben? Very good, thank you, mate. I have enjoyed a nice weekend with the family excited for the last episode of the year and yeah just can't wait to get started awesome uh connor how, how you been mate uh busy this week at work obviously uh yeah. working in retail coming up to christmas pain oh, in the ass but busy busy and trying Not to dodge good. this like bug that's going around but i think mm, i'm failing yeah i can feel I my nose it. going with my daughter so. was really ill the last few days oh yeah yeah you said that's uh yeah it's it's always this time of year though, isn't it? Like just fucking sickness, work overload. Yeah. Can't wait to have a little bit of time off over Christmas. But we've got lots to talk about today, so we will waste no more time talking about <laughs> ourselves and get straight on to basically reviewing the year because it's safe to say it's been an absolutely huge year for gaming. 2023 will most certainly go down as one of the best years for the industry in recent memory. We've had a feast of epic releases such as Baldur's Gate 3, Adam Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Forza Motorsport, Dredge, Dave the Diver, Tears of the Kingdom, and many, many more. Some surprising hardware releases, such as the Steam Deck OLED and the PlayStation Portal, but also some big news away from the games themselves. Microsoft finally closed the Activision deal, E3 was cancelled, Google Stadia was put in the bin, and now you can play Resident Evil 4 Remake natively on an iPhone. The list literally goes on. But I thought we'd start with some of the most recent goings on. And talk about the news from this week and really there's only one place where we should start and that's with that gta 6 reveal oh, gentlemen give me your thoughts i mean what a trailer we uh we were guessing before that it was probably going to be like a 30 second short little snippet trailer no release date announcement or anything but the trailer was like ripe for the picking you could literally pause it at any frame and extrapolate a ton of data and information and um yeah truly got me hyped but i'm holding my hype because that release date is big or long i should say so yeah and I mean, it's um i mean you can i think i was i was looking into kind of well not looking into but i was just reading about um you know the previous two rockstar releases red dead redemption 2 and, and then gta 5 before that and i think the the amount of time between the Rockstar, uh, the Red Dead 2 reveal and then the game mm. release was like 18 months. Mm. And then for GTA 5, it was even longer. It was like two years. So this is not uncommon for Rockstar. I mean, no. Red Dead Redemption 2, I think in the first trailer, it said it was going to come in 2017, but we know it didn't actually come out until 2018. So it had a massive delay. But um, yeah, I mean, generally, though, very, very, very hyped. I mean, yeah. I feel quite bad for Rockstar because I had to release a trailer a day early because of leaks. Yeah, but I guess such a shame. with a game that big, it's just unavoidable. And it just makes you think about, like, obviously you've had all the um, leaks and stuff in the past as well, and that's spoiling and stealing yeah. their thunder a little bit. I mean, you're not really going to steal their thunder. That trailer dropped and everyone rushed to the internet to watch it. But still, yeah. though, it, wouldn't, it wasn't quite the surprise that we, or they no. probably wanted it's we gutted it for them because yeah. rockstar are meticulous with rollouts <clears throat> excuse me with rollouts uh announcement dates 
And obviously the devs, some of the devs tweeted out and it's like, oh, like we wanted to enjoy this together at the time mm. that it was meant to. And then Rockstar just had to get on top of it immediately because mm. there was a dodgy rip that was going around on Twitter, which got yeah. taken down pretty quickly. But still but though, spoiled their, their show. Yeah, yeah, it's but they've gone on to, like they've breaking records. Like I think it's the most watched game trailer of all time on YouTube, like within really? twenty four hours. And so yeah, it did absolutely nothing to to dampen the no. hype at all. No, I mean, I, I I it all happened really quickly. Like I didn't really. I remember actually we we were playing a game together. I think and one of our other friends was like, "Oh, the GTA Six trailers out." And we were like, "No, it's not meant to be out till tomorrow." And then within like 10 minutes, they'd already posted it and, and mm. said, well, it's been fucking leaked now, so you might as well watch the real thing. Mm. But um, yeah, like you say, they Rockstar don't do anything by accident. It's just unfortunate they've had their hand forced in, in this um, scenario. Um, so looking at the trailer specifically then, mm. we got our first real good look at Lucia, who's the franchise's, well, this game's first female protagonist, the first female yeah. protagonist for the franchise. And... The reimagining of Vice City. I mean, GTA Vice City is my favourite GTA um, out of the, every single every single one of them. Mm. I'm so hyped to get back to to Vice City and like the trailer itself and the snapshots we got of of the game. It just looks absolutely stunning. It looks it like does, once again Rockstar have levelled up the game just to um, a whole new height. Rockstar are one of those studios where there's a hundred percent faith. Like there is not a doubt in yeah. my mind that that game is going to be incredible. And mm. there's there's many games and many studios, and you be like, oh, I wait until it comes out. I wait until I read the reviews. I wait to see what the consensus is. But that's a game where you just know it's going to be top tier. And like you said, Vice City, going back to Miami, is Miami, isn't it? It just yeah, looks. Yeah phenomenal well, it's like and the state of florida is it's miami yeah. and the surrounding areas but i just cannot wait i mean and we know that we can be playing that game for like a decade at least yeah like they, um yeah. i think like early reports are saying that they're, they're going to be continually updating like the map yeah and stuff like that, that throughout the entire experience and obviously what they've been you see what they did with gta online on like old tech mm. if yeah. you look at what like fortnite are doing and other platforms are doing where they're constantly adding new game modes people are making new content they're doing collaborations i think gta online is going to be an absolute different beast yeah it just makes it just makes me wonder though like seeing the game and just the like the density of the population if you like the amount of people that i saw like i can't imagine actually causing mayhem and the game like keeping up with that with that amount of people and that amount of like mm. stuff going on it feels insane to think that eventually we'll be playing that game yeah. and we'll be running around shooting and going crazy and then seeing what the game's going to do with all this new tech that probably they've got not announced and so on so yeah just really makes the crowd the crowd density thing is like <clears throat> quite quite interesting because you know I've, I've, well I've, I've think about um Cyberpunk, but in particular Starfield recently. Do you remember on, on Neon in Starfield, there's that nightclub? Mm. And then you go in there and there's like maybe three people here and like yeah. two people there. Mm. And it's like 20 people in turn and stuff. Yeah. But then you look at the shots of the nightclub. And now I'm 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 not gonna sort of like well actually you know, I am gonna say this with chest. Everything we saw in that trailer was in game, like hundred percent. There's mm. barely there's minimal CGI in that trailer because Rockstar don't do trailers that are full of CGI. They shoot everything in game. Mm-hmm. So 
Mm. What we see in that trailer, I think, is more or less what we're going to see when we get the final game. Yeah. And I was really impressed with like that crowd shot on the beach, but there was a couple of shots inside nightclubs which were really packed and dense and they looked really, really good. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think like the, the feeling of the world actually being even more alive than it's ever felt before, like a video yeah. game world generally, I mean, um, it, we're going to feel that more than ever, I think, with, with this game. Mm. Because we're always kind of, kind of, we've got to the point now with Rockstar where it's like they bring out a new game and we're all questioning, okay, what are they going to do this time that's going to be groundbreaking and, and completely original and just elevate yeah. the game to a new level? Because they literally do it with every single game they release. Mm. I would I mean, see like the crowd density and stuff like that. If, like the only game that's really impressed me doing it is like Hitman Three, but they're like yeah. small maps in comparison to yeah. what. Yeah, it's like programmed GTA to be is. that way. Set scenarios, yeah. and I feel like when it comes to stuff like density, for instance, that's a real and immediate immersion breaker for me. Like every time I play a game and I do go into a nightclub, and even if they do populate it to look relatively full. It's just mm. like the lifelessness of everyone or the sort of repeating animations and so on. But most yeah. commonly, it is the lack of density when you do go into a nightclub. And it's like, I don't know, it's just I'm like, oh, I am playing a game. It's like a reminder. You, you I'm get like, oh, in, I'm uh, playing a game. Like you brought up Starfield in like Bethesda games. When you do walk past in a town that's populated, like in the old ones, all the NPCs would be like turning to watch you, like yeah. going around like this. Just looking at you as you walk past, and I think in GTA, people walk past, they're not even going to look at you. They're going to be on their phone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, like, whenever you interact with just any NPC in, like, well, let's just look at Red Dead Redemption, for example, like the, their latest game, there's such a unique reaction from every single NPC. Mm. So you bump into and they'll say something different, they'll react, they'll literally move differently every single time. Yeah. And just to have that on the scale of what it looks like in GTA 6 and is just going to be insane. What's fascinating to me is that first started in like Bully back in the day. Yeah. You could like yeah. antagonise or you could... Bully. Um, do you know like Red in Red Dead when you do antagonise or you do like... Mm. Oh, Diffuse how do you, oh, hey. partner or, yeah. goes, yeah. or he insults him. That was back on the PS2 in Bullet. Oh, wow. And they've just updated it and updated it and updated it and then got it to the point now where they've integrated it into Red Dead. And I think it'll be similar in like GTA 6. Mm. And I think it's really cool that, that we've got a a female protagonist. I know some idiots are online going on about it. It's, it's, I think she looks awesome. Man. I, th I think uh, it should have been great. done a long time ago and to have like the biggest franchise now and she looks like she's the best. The other protagonist looks a bit of a drip to be honest. I mean, are we like playing... Her partner... Are we playing as both? Is it going to be like a split yeah, story thing? That's, okay. I think so. Uh, early it's like a Bonnie and Clyde style, yeah. style story where you yeah. get to play as both characters. I like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought she looked cool. And yeah, I'm just, I, I, I like to think it's not a decision that's, oh, we need to have a girl protagonist no, because we, I, yeah, I'd like I, to think it's a narrative studio. decision. Yeah. 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 I, think I don't like want them to be ticket like boxes. The, the Bonnie and Clyde thing, they've clearly been storyboarding this, like this game's been worked on for a decade. It's going to be the mm. most expensive game of all time, probably in production. It's going to make the most money of all games ever as well. In, yeah. In, in a weekend whenever it comes out and then well we said this before like if they if they decide to be that first you know studio publisher who want to release a game at a hundred dollars it's not going to do anything to its sales that the people are going to buy this game regardless yeah. and do you think like other if i don't know fucking activision did it or ubisoft or ea you'd be like i'm not 
going near yeah. that game. Yeah, well, you haven't earned the right to charge that much. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, if you if you're going to charge a hundred quid for that product, I mean, didn't that two K head? I can't remember the guy's name, but he says you should pay per hour, kind of thing. And yeah. if he's pricing his game at like a hundred dollars, if other studios are wanting to release their game for a similar price, I'm expecting a rock star level quality there's, game. There's only three or four games that have ever come out that I would have played. Like The Witcher Three comes to for the sheer yeah. amount of hours I've put into that game. Yeah. And so yeah, and if this game's been in development for a decade, it's going to cost over a billion dollars just with people's salaries and mm. all sorts that go on. If, yeah. if like you look at GTA Five, obviously I haven't played it in a while, but there are people that still play that game. What's it like? Ten years later now. Yeah, all day, every day. Mm, so it's I, I would happily pay it, especially with GTA Online coming. And if they are gonna, what I want them to go back to is like DLC, like they did with like GTA Four yeah. and stuff like that. It sort of skips that with GTA Five. Yeah, obviously I think they online. I don't think they're going to do that though. I, I just mm. think that the the expansion slash DLC stuff is that's gone for them now because everything's going to be about GTA Online, whatever this new version of GTA Online is, and that's going to be where they focus all of their updates and their, yeah. you know, their resources after the game's been shipped. And it's mean, a shame, can... really, because like we talk about female protagonists. I think you and I kind of had this conversation that in Red Dead Redemption Two they really missed a opportunity to have like a DLC where you play as Sadie because she's yeah. got a really interesting story. Yeah, even if like obviously people love John for Red Dead too, but if you maybe played from like Abigail's perspective as John's trying to build this house or whatever, I think that could have been really cool. Yeah, but, but they um, don't do the DLC, the story DLC thing anymore. Nah, well, may- nah. maybe we'll be surprised with GTA Six. I mean, if it's going to be like a big persistent sort of project for them, it sounds like most of that's going to revolve around online, based off what we've kind of seen for the last ten years. But yeah, you never know. Hopefully, we'll get some some single player stuff but we know that a lot of story content for gta has been put into online anyway that's kind of just where yeah. they put it now rather than it being offline stuff they just put it in online so uh yeah oh uh, what question i wanted to ask you guys so obviously red dead redemption 2 and gta 5 both play very differently what route is rockstar going to go down because oh, red dead redemption question. 2 obviously is an interesting game where it's so kind of slow methodical everything's really thought out gta 5 is way more arcadey what do you think is going to what, what are we going to see from gta 6 it'll it'll be a mix be, maybe it'd be in between the two i think it'd be a bit more realism to it just i think rockstar have obviously matured sort of as we've grown up really you look at like they wouldn't make a bully now they wouldn't make um, even in GTA 5 and GTA 4 it was a lot more mature like San Andreas you can go around and get like massive dildos and slap people in the face with them and stuff like that mm. and then they sort of st- GTA 4 was them aiming to be it was almost like a Scorsese sort of thing it's a, gang- a gritty gangster this is us film. growing up mm. yeah and GTA yeah. 5 is the same it's a heist movie they're trying to do something like Heat and stuff mm. like that and I think they're just maturing and obviously there's going to be satire and they're going to take the piss out of today and that's what Rockstar do but in terms of presentation and gameplay they've matured so I think it'll be a bit between the two I think there'll be times where you're going to run around with an AK-47 and just shoot down an entire street and have fun with it but there are going to be times where you're going to be slow and methodical and you're going to have the stealth aspects and stuff like that during yeah. missions. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe I'm kind of more inclined with Connor as well because I was thinking maybe in the middle, but in regards to like game mechanics, I think 
I don't know. I don't think they'll go as real realism focused as Red Dead quite, but I do think there'll be some elements to it that maybe will be optional with certain benefits that are totally skippable if you can't be asked with it. So I can imagine mm. you'd go to a diner and get some food and that will give you some nourishment benefits that would reward you and maybe give you some, I don't know, extra health and benefits like that, but are totally not compulsory and you don't have like a hunger bar that you need to satiate or anything like that so yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. the ability to lose yourself in the realism potentially might be there if you want to do it and you're you you can get elevated if you so wish but if you chose to just run around and not eat and not sleep and not whatever yeah then, treat it like some big open world arcade yeah sandbox then it's experience. not it's you won't get punished for it necessarily so i think yeah. i think somewhere in the middle i think but i do think the realism elements will be present I think. Mm. I think it'll feel heavier than GTA Five, like in the player movement. Mm. Yeah. Like, and I wonder, um, like, will they I'm bring back like fitness and stuff? Like, I'm sure I heard a rumor. I'd love that... them to. Yeah. I, I, yeah like be. even in Red Dead Two, like you, people, I've seen people make Arthur just a fat mess and like yeah. his beards <laughs> down there and stuff like that. And so I, I think, think it I don't was know, cool, maybe. but yeah, I don't know. Well, before we before we give it away from GTA Six, there's one. Mm. On a final sour note, we're gonna to have to end on no mention of a PC release no. date. Which honestly, um, I'm hoping they don't do it, but it seems like they are gonna do it. They're and gonna do not, it. and not release the PC version alongside the console versions, which sucks because we know that the PS5 and the Xbox versions are gonna be some fucking capped at 30 FPS checkerboard 4K bullshit. And why? Well, why would you do it? Just give us the best version of the game I, from day one, so we can actually experience it the way you intended it to be experienced. I, I don't know how they're going to optimize this game for the S, and I wouldn't be surprised if Rockstar tell Xbox like we're not fucking doing it. Yeah, like, nah, they'll do it. They'll do it. They're, they're too good. They're, they're, they'll 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 figure yeah. out a way of doing it. I think I think it'll just be down to like resolution and stuff like that. They'll just nerf it. We so. pumped out like four eighty or something. Mm. I think with the PC release that obviously it's coming there's no way this game is not going to come out on pc when it comes to obviously the console release i don't know whether or not that this is just like a i don't know what like a way to put it is but basically just like a they want to put something out there to cause mass hysteria almost and then maybe i'll I don't know. I'm I'm just copium. Really. They want I'm people just, to buy it twice. Yeah, I think that is it. I think they'll be really like when I think about it. Obviously, I'm super hopeful it comes to PC on the same day it comes to console. Obviously, but in reality, I do think that what you said, Connor, is they did it once before with GTA, where some people ended up buying it three times. That's me. Um, mm. Why wouldn't they maybe try and do that again this time where they'll oh, release it on the console? I wouldn't be surprised if they release it the day that or the week that GTA Online goes live on PC. Yeah. Because, again, yeah, I don't know if GTA Online is going to be in it immediately. I don't. Well, obviously, we, yeah. we won't know. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's it, one there, of those... There may be... Sorry, go on, Ben. I was just going to say, like, with consoles, they know where they're at in regards to the type of hardware that they need to optimise for. Like, they've only really got three consoles to consider. And I know that this game has still got another whole year plus of developments yet to go, which is maybe the reason why they haven't announced a PC release yet. Because if you consider the amount of combinations and, and uh, you know what I mean, 
certain, all mm. the different types of systems out there to yeah. be optimized for. So mm. maybe they're just not guaranteeing anything yet. I mean, I hope it comes out in 2025 for PC, but I mean, I mean if sure it comes out in 2026 on PC, that is going to be a real, a real killer. Yeah. I mean, I think if if they if they if they were to come out and say, look, we're we're delaying the PC release for like six months because it needs extra optimization, I'm fine with that. But if mm. they do not mention a PC release at all, then literally 18 months later they're like, oh yeah, it's coming to PC now. That's gonna mm. be really fucking annoying because they're gonna know from day one that they're gonna want to release it on PC, and they're just purposefully not saying anything. If they tell us that they intend to release it on PC, but it's gonna be coming later on, that's fine. Mm. But if they don't say anything, and then I just think. Oh well, it's not coming to PC, so I'll just go buy it on on PS5, and then a year later it comes out on PC. Wait, that's going to be so f- that's that's proper shitty. Yeah, and, because rea- but you can just see it happening because they they did it they did it with fucking Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, and they didn't mention a PC release, and then a PC release come out a year later. Exactly, and realistically, they won't really care about the delay because that's still money in the bank regardless. If they release it on consoles, twenty twenty five certain date. And then they release it in 2026 on PC. It could be 2027. They won't give a shit. People will still buy it on PC. It's still money for them. So when they, in 2030, when they then look back at their finances, it's the money, the number is still the same. So for them, they don't care when they release it on PC. Well, I don't say, I'm not saying they don't care, but they could potentially not care when they release it on PC because they know it's just going to be lots of money. I just feel like, there's not enough noise being made about it by PC players at the moment. Mm. So we need to unite and tell Rockstar to not be dickheads and give it to us on PC day one. Please. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, GTA 6, yeah, massive trailer reveal. So hyped for that. Mm. Um, when it comes eventually to PC, I'm going to try my hardest not to get it on console if it doesn't come to PC anytime soon. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, anyway, a couple of other things I wanted to speak about happened this week before we sort of move on to the rest of the year. Uh, very happy to announce. Well, not to announce, but to to just no, say the finals. It. The fi- the finals is Ooh. now fully out. The game we have spoken about so many times on this podcast, the game we have lusted over for months now, just got dropped from out of nowhere at the Game Awards, and it was a really great feeling to have the game just like be given to us. Basically, it's a free to play game, uh, team based kind of objective shooter. Really, really cool. Yeah, um, sort of concept and. Yeah, we've played a fair bit of it and we are all loving it as to be expected. Absolutely. I mean, the game came out of nowhere, like you said, at the Game Awards just before they announced the actual Game of the Year award. The I don't know who the guy was I needed to look, but I don't know if he's the head of Embark Studios or just some higher up. But he basically announced that a new trailer was about to drop and keep an eye out for the release date at the end of the trailer. It might be sooner than you think. Played the trailer, really cool trailer, and then at the end it just said, play now, it's out now. It's like literally the perfect fucking stealth drop, go and play yeah. it right now. So super hyped. Yeah. And then, yeah, just lives up to all of our expectations. I mean, we've played the finals through a few iterations. James played it with the first ever beta, and then we've all played the um, subsequent ones since. And we've seen it steadily get better and better. And then... um yeah, the game came out and it's just excellent. But funnily enough, people were complaining about the mm. game feeling different from the last beta, especially yeah, that I heard they about said, this. yeah. And then the Embark Studio devs came out and said, like, by the way, guys, we've not changed anything. Like, 
there's no <laughs> so people were saying that the movement feels different and the embark studio devs literally said that we haven't touched the movement at all like zero exactly the same. yeah yeah but people are, yeah. are giving it negative reviews i mean it's got out of um mixed and it's up to very positive now which is good to see i gave i don't really review games on steam but i did give it one to try and help push it up because it definitely deserves <laughs> high praise um yeah i just think the all of some people like mm. like the games come out it's fucking free and it's yeah. very good by the way yeah and it's like oh the movement feels a little bit slow shut the fuck up yeah it's not it's exactly the same <laughs> i can't say i noticed anything it? when i, when I jumped no, I didn't. it's still it's it, kind of fast-paced and frantic as it as it always yeah. was yeah it just feels a slightly more refined like there's mm. they've sort of like oh yeah i think they've maybe got, done something to like the um, mounting mantling like, and stuff yeah yeah because mm. it feels a bit sharper so I, that that felt quite nice yeah, yeah generally the game the... is just absolutely solid yeah it's a i mean for me i don't want to mention the second game i'm going to mention because we've got a segment towards the end about surprises but there's two games for me right now and if you put me on a desert Colin island and the walking dead yeah put me on a desert <laughs> island with these two games the finals and this other one i'm going to mention i will be very happy gamer for the a long time before. No. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the day before because that's the next thing I wanted to speak yeah. about. The day before, this mythic fucking scam of a PC game has finally been released. To no one's surprise, it's absolute oh, yeah. dog shit. So, I'm like, I'm kind of well, like you say quid. that, but I'm I'm kind I'm of curious to see what, it, what, what it's all about in January when it's fifteen pound. Mm. Yeah, but what's what's what is going on? Like, this this game has been through so many ups and downs over the last year. Um, it was accused of being a scam game not being real the developers yeah. were accused game. of stealing content and assets from other games to use in their own game um, delays it's come out delays. in so many delays it came out in early access this past week for 30 pounds by the way <laughs> which for an early access game is absolute criminal yeah and people aren't happy with it I, I watched a couple of streamers try and play it on day one mm-hmm. extended wait times to get into lobbies just the most weirdest bugs when you're in the game, a really kind of empty, non-interesting world, bland voice acting, bland characters. You can't even like vault fences and stuff like this. And it's like, it's meant to be a survival it horror literally, game. I know it's early access, but it literally does feel like it's, it's half a game at the moment. This is where people like Steam and PlayStation and Xbox and stuff like that with their marketplaces need to actually take a, like a stand... Steam should yeah. never have allowed this fucking back on. And you see Dark and Darker struggling to get onto Steam because of a, a lawsuit from their previous employers. Yeah, a game that everyone loves as well. And this game lost its copyright to a fucking calculator app. And it's been accused of stealing and AI and all this shit. And Steam are like, yeah. yeah, come on. And you see other people struggling to get on it. And like the PlayStation marketplace has gone to like shit to quality standards. The Nintendo shop is a fucking minefield like they've just had the game taken off because of it's exact rip off at 280p of the last of us and they allowed it on their store and yeah. i know steve you we want creators to create things and but this company has got prior so, with, with previous yeah. with games coming out and they just abandon it after a week you and look at the it, day before and it just feels like something is so off about this game and about yeah. this whole company and yeah, I'm really surprised that Steam allowed it back onto the store after all the controversy that's happened this week. I mean, mm. 
I don't know. It's it's, it's they hard saw to say profit because... margins. It was the most wish listed yeah. game. Yeah. And but they, you've got to protect the customers. I know everyone has the right to buy this game, and if people mm. wanted to buy this game, they would have like dark and dark like I brought up. There's ways to do it. And mm. they should not be because this is just a money laundering scheme at this point. Because yeah, that game is like not it. gonna that game is gonna be on early access for three years and then they're gonna pull the plug and then they're gonna move on to the next whatever trend they want. Yeah, they need to be held accountable. I mean, like in regards to Steam, Steam just are, in my opinion, sort of putting their hands up and being like, fine, if you want it released, then good luck to you kind of thing. Because the the game's got overwhelmingly negative reviews on Steam right now. And people are saying it's just unplayable bugs. It's absolutely un... uh, I can't remember the review I just read, but the, the money you have to invest in the game, real life money to help you progress even further. It's just a... It's just a joke, really, and it's um, yeah, yeah, definitely a bit of a, I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, not good at all. Yeah, who knows yeah. where that game's going to end up? In the bin when they take off the mm. servers. In they ain't going to go start. anywhere, man. They were just they were just mm. shut it down like they did with previous games. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, well, something big else happened this year as well. We had the Game Awards, you know. So we yeah. recently had that. It took place on December seventh in Los Angeles. I guess this is intended to be a culmination or a celebration of how good this year has been, or it was supposed to be anyway. Mm. I was a little bit disappointed personally with the way the show itself focused a lot on like the spectacle and sort of the stars that were there, the celebrity presenters. It didn't really give the developers their their time, their moments, you know, their acceptance speeches, and they were rushed off stage, and the whole thing felt a little bit showy. And I feel I feel like as well, Jeff Keighley really missed an opportunity to stand up to game developers. Uh, stand up for game developers sorry and address like these massive layoffs that have been happening and all like the kind of bad business that people have been doing like no. uh so embrace a group and like unity and stuff like that yeah, um but you know spot. the award show it gained a lot of attention from mainstream news outlets so i guess he's happy um yeah but winners and losers aside like what did we think of the the show right, like, it's, it's kind it's, of been overshadowed by all this it was stupid from obviously i know they, were, they had issues with Christopher Judge last year. He had a long speech, and it became a meme at some point. And uh, but I don't want to see Timothy Chalamet coming up there and fucking talk about Wonka. Why is yeah. why are we not having people like I don't know Nolan North, Troy Baker, Ashley Birch, um, people Gabe Newell, for example. It is Gabe Newell, wasn't it? At Valve, mm. yeah, 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 and uh, like the creators of Doom, like the original Doom, these yeah. trailblazers and trendsetters and uh, Peter Molyneux, for example, like people like this that have worked in the industry for a long time coming up there and devs mm-hmm. are getting 30 seconds to talk about a game that's took five, six, seven, eight years of their life. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, look, we've got this fucking random celebrity who doesn't want to be here, doesn't give a flying fuck about it. We paid a mm. lot of money. And that's, like, the thing, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, you, we're... You talk. You mentioned like Timothy Chalamet and the stars and everything. It's like the, the, Jeff Keighley and the Game Awards are trying so hard to impress Hollywood, yeah. where the game when the games industry fucking eclipses the, the movie industry tenfold. Mm. Like yeah. it's been, it was reported this past week that video games now the industry generates more money than movies yeah. and music combined. Why are why are people in gaming? Why is Jeff Keighley? Why is the Game Awards Pandering. trying so hard? to pander to Hollywood and try to like appease Hollywood and invite all these stars up to the game awards when we should be celebrating people from this industry. Like you say, yeah. the the developers, like people who have 
blazed a trail to get us to where we are today. People from Rockstar, people like Peter Molly, like you say, people that have spent years giving us some of the best games that we've had this year. They're yeah. the sort of people that we should be celebrating. Like you don't see fucking like do you think the Oscars gives a shit about video games? Or do you think Hollywood really cares about video? No. They don't. So I don't know why the video game industry is trying so hard to impress Hollywood. No. The only one that's even like uh, extended a hand is BAFTA. And that is, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't understand it. It makes more money. People are more engaged. That's and it. then and show us some of the unsung heroes. Show us yeah. some of the devs that are shy and you know sit behind the computer yeah. all day and craft these yeah. masterpieces. Get them to take the award and be celebrated for what they've achieved and how many lives they might have touched with the product that they've made, rather than like you say, get these celebs up. No interest in the, the gaming industry. Purely there to take some money. Oh, and to look at this shit! Sell their own film stuff that's coming out. Yeah. In yeah. December, it's like, I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet was looking there; he didn't want to be there. And he probably plays games because he's that age group, and it's—I don't care what that malnourished little shit looks like. <laughs> I don't care. Why not yeah. put Cliff Brzezinski up there? Why not put Phil Spencer up there? Mm. Whoever, you know, mm. and yeah. Jeff Keighley and wants to be, the games to be bigger and bigger, and it, the game was is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. As the medium starts, but he doesn't to need to. He doesn't need to appease it's, the Hollywood elite to do so. If, if the games industry out, is already bigger than the movie industry, like we don't, he doesn't need to be next year getting the approval of these Hollywood actors to to, to prove I it. Just, I don't understand. I know next year it's in November or whatever. He's already announced it. Do it the same day as the Oscars, and go look, <laughs> look. We've got more Twitch views than you have. We've got more YouTube views than you have. We've got mm. more tweets than the Oscars has. We are bigger than you. That's Grab it. your nuts, drop the mic, and don't like. Obviously, more Hollywood actors are coming over to game. We've seen. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of people recently, like uh, Rahul Rahul Kohli, who's in a lot of um, uh, Fall of the House. And, yeah, 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 like, yeah. He's in like Warhammer Bolt Gun. More actors are coming over, and they're loving it. But Nolan North's been fucking in this industry when he was getting paid fuck all yeah. to do it. Get you the know, guy who voices exactly one of the people stone. who's one of the people who's actually helped elevate this this industry yeah. and move one it of forward. the most talented people in the industry. He voices films for DC and Marvel, and he's been in this from day dot. Troy Baker um, has obviously gone over to be in the Last of Us TV show, but with a Naughty Dog and studios like this have shown what mocap can do, and you're seeing yeah. what Kojima's doing with these actors, and it's just like. I don't give a fuck if The Rock's there next year or whatever they're trying to do. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, there's it's... a guy called Steve Blum. Did you mention, mention him? He, I swear, yeah. if you play any game, one, well, not sorry, eight out of ten games will include this guy's voice. I've obviously been going back through my gaming backlog mm. and I am not shocked now when I hear this guy's voice. I hear it in maybe half of the games that I've played. I hear this guy's voice. I've never seen him on stage to take no. some kind of credit for something that he's done for yeah. thousands of projects, probably. Well, at I least present his... an award as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we've got, you've got fucking be... Anthony Mackie up there presenting an award. You've got Timothy Chalamet presenting. It's like... Anthony Mackie was the only one that kind of made sense because he was in the Twisted Metal TV show. And that one, it's like, oh, okay. But still... It should be by the gamers, for yeah. the gamers, shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just trying way too hard and spending way too much effort on, on trying to impress, like... Hollywood, but um, yeah, I mean, when, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the award show because 
still lots more to talk about. So um, from the yeah. awards show, we had, as we saw, Baldur's Gate 3 took home the biggest prize. Game of the year, well-deserved as well. Mm-hmm. We also saw Alan Wake 2 pick up several major honours. But when you look down the list of nominees, whether they've won or not, it's been a really, really impressive year for gaming. Oh, yeah. And uh, not just the games themselves, you know. Shout out to CS Stars as well. Um, Sabotage Studio, um, they liked one of our posts a while ago when I was talking oh, about they? it. No way. Yeah, so it's good to see. They're, they're over the moon. And they're really yeah. good with their community on Instagram. I think it's sabotage.studio. They're fantastic. Yeah. And CS Stars is great, so I was glad to see them pick up. Yeah, I played the demo for that yeah. and it was really yeah, CS good. CS Stars is a good game. But yeah, I mean, as I, as I was saying, I mean, the, I think the year's been kind of compounded by the fact that we've had several high-profile video game adaptations as well, like HBO's The Last of Us, um, Super Mario Bros. movie was a billion-dollar movie. And then, like I said earlier, now it's been sort of kind of widely reported that the video games industry generates more money than movies and music combined. So it really has been a great year for games. And, you know, I look down some of the lists of, the, the games I've got here, Adam Wake 2, Hogwarts Legacy, Borders Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Dredge, Forza Motorsport, David Diver, Spider-Man 2, Starfield. Like the list is just fucking endless. Hi-Fi Rush. It just feels like every month we've had high quality. Top tier games. And then you see what was announced at like, we've got this Kojima film slash horror game with Jordan Peele. That yeah. I think it's going to be a cloud game coming out. Yeah, that Light um, Low Fire. Sega are bringing back a load of old games and making them modern again, like Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe, Jet Set Radio, like uh, a Blade games coming. Yeah. And it's just like, it, you think, oh, what can they announce and stuff like that? And it just continues and continues and continues. Mm. It's just been, and across the board, I mean, remakes have been on form. You've had DLC yeah. that's been top tier. It's just like, you name it. If I had to pick a year of gaming to just last move forever like if you had to pick one year of game you can only play the games that came out this year you'd be a fool not to pick 2023 at the minute it's been mm. that kind of year yeah 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 really it's been good. really impressive well you know aside from the games i mean I've, I've enjoyed so many new games this year and i've been really sort of well actually i didn't really enjoy spider-man 2 but i just want to throw a bit of shade at that game because yeah. it's bang average um we've but, had some really cool hardware releases as well which i think has been hmm. quite interesting and you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, would we have had all of this new hardware if the games industry wasn't as strong? Would there be a desire for it? Um, the Steam Deck OLED was like a big story this year because that kind of come out of nowhere. And um, yeah, it's a really cool sort of iteration, a new upgrade for, for, St- for the Steam mm-hmm. Deck. We also had the PlayStation Portal, which is a kind of a strange handheld PS5 thing. Add-on thing. Um, yeah, the obviously there's been competitors to the Steam Deck, the Asus ROG Ally. Um, an really iPhone good. 15 can now play games natively as well like Resident Evil 4 remake which is strange so it's been a really really big year and I, I think um, none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for you know just the way the, the place I, in which we're at at the moment with the I industry. look at those devices obviously the PlayStation Portal I think had I think it's got potential like the second iteration I think yeah. it should have been like a, P, a PSP but they're the, the, <clears throat> Sony do things weird, but I, I look at Stadia closing down this year, and it's like, oh, if you came out two or three years later, yeah, you yeah. would have been perfect for this. I mean, yes, yeah. it was the right idea, wrong time. And it well, let's, let's talk about Stadia for a minute then, because Stadia is mm. a really interesting one. Because we all did an episode a little while ago where we actually ventured into cloud gaming, and I think yeah. the consensus was, if you don't mind me speaking for both of you, is that we were actually quite impressed with what we'd seen from from yeah, cloud. And the technology yeah. now had come a long way from when I first tried it out, even 
just a couple of years ago with um, Xbox Cloud Gaming. Um, I completely agree with what you said, Connor. Google Stadia, it just came too soon. I just, I just think they made too many kind of big mistakes and released it too early. Yeah. And I think, like, mm. like you said, going into the concept they had where you have the games already and you can kind of link them, that was the premise, wasn't I it? Because I never used Stadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that, was, that was the... Baldur's Gate 3 was meant to be a Stadia game, if I remember rightly. Oh, really? okay. And like, if, they, if Stadia was still around and it was still cracking and cloud gaming's like this, and then you've got the biggest game of the year, like, in terms of awards and reception yeah. on Stadia, this year would have been ginormous. Well, yeah. it just makes me wonder, like, a company like Google, obviously, mega bucks, and there are quite yeah. sort of technology powerhouse now, really. I don't feel that maybe this is the end of Stadia, perhaps, no. because I think cloud gaming is going to be part of gaming's future, regardless if you take it or not. I think, or use it. like, you've got Netflix in the game now. Um, mm. Amazon are dipping their toes, even though Amazon Lunar is dog shit. <laughs> um, like, Google, if they were to make a crack at it, go and buy the Embracer Group whilst it's... It's mm. going down and down and down. Put some money in there, make a good infrastructure. Then suddenly you've got this library and catalogue of old games that you can mm. put on Stadia and you go, look, we we remake this. We make sure this is available on cloud. And you've got a library there and then you can go in and go, right, this studio, because I think they've got the Time Splitters studio under Embracer. And it's like if a brand new Time Splitters game comes out, there's going to be eyes on that game. Yeah. Go, oh, yeah, it's coming first to Stadia. And there mm. is a way in. It's just, I think Amazon and Google, they keep dipping their toe. Uh, they need to just go in and we'll like, right, we, we've brought in this guy. We're going to go and get someone um, like Connie Booth's just left PlayStation. She's been a producer there for three decades. She knows how the industry works. If Google plucked her up, go, look, you're going to be head of this division. We want you to go and find talent, do this, this and this. And we're going to make it. They could succeed. There's ways to do it. Yeah, and, I feel yeah. like there's a part of me that feels like they might be waiting for cloud gaming to really and mm. like sort of factually kick I do off think and pop off. They, I think they are look. I think a couple of these studios are sort of looking at Xbox because um, they're sitting there going right. They can't shift units mm. at the moment, which is uh, but they've they've just uh, I think Q1 of this year Xbox. Uh, it's the highest ever Q1 they've ever had and um, Phil Spencer's been quite open and honest about Game Pass. It's starting to make money now. It's making good money. So they can say, oh, that subscription model's starting to work. Yeah. Where are we going from here? Like, That's oh, it. What are we going to put on? Are we going to make our own consoles? Maybe not. Is it going to be on PC? Uh, now, like James brought up with the iPhone, games can be played on the phone now. Like these newer models... So I you think really need to could... keep up, don't you? Because if yeah. the likes of Xbox and PlayStation are obviously industry leading, obviously it goes without saying. But you, obviously, you're not really going to be able to catch up with Xbox and PlayStation in regards to their home hardware. But when it comes to cloud gaming, where it's still finding mm. its feet, this and that region of gaming is maybe where you can start to make some ground because before long they're going to be leagues ahead and you're never going to catch up it's almost like trying yeah. to create a company now to rival the likes of amazon they're so far ahead how on earth does any company ever catch up with mm. that so yeah. um yeah i don't know i mean i do see a future for cloud gaming definitely i was i was thoroughly impressed and like yeah. um 
obviously not to dwell on that episode too much like playstation don't even talk about their cloud gaming service and it's stellar and game passes cloud game is only in the beta so i can only imagine what they're going to be doing and yeah. so yeah it's interesting because it's a shame that when, when when something like that happens and stadia you know closes down it is a shame because obviously from from a consumer perspective you want more of these companies vying for your um, attention because it just creates better competition and ultimately a better yeah. product for all of us so yeah you know maybe maybe we'll see some iteration of google stadia again in the future um yeah another other major news stories that we had this year that I, I think we should go back and look at e3 mm. being cancelled i mean this is this is yeah. a big one for me personally because e3 kind of was like a christmas come early for gamers type mm. thing getting hyped about all these potential future releases and i'm not sure if we'll ever see e3 again after it no, being it's year, a tough so. one isn't it because like you said it's like that it is that kind of christmas comes early it was that kind of destination event that every um, gamer could go to to look forward for the games of the future but mm, obviously we all know I, why go on Kai. yeah i generally think it's better now and obviously it's nostalgia like e3 you've got at least three or four days and stuff like that but now um xbox are doing these really cool developer directs like mm. three or four times a year Mm. playstation do their own thing and like playstation obviously they've got people over in the us but they're having to come all the way from japan to go to this thing and they might only have one or two things to show it's yeah nintendo don't do it that way either and it's like now you have multiple times a year playstation i do a state of play and stuff like that xbox do multiple ones even people like devolver digital have their own things now yeah, yeah. and then if and you it, consider like what e3 was when it first started being that literally expo of games and technology and mm. so on which was more focused on finding funding and developers of uh, certain projects in the works yeah. and then it obviously morphed into becoming more for the customers and more for the gamers and being a big presentation but then like what you said connor when these massive companies can then just do their own thing their own way tell their even, own story yeah, everything they um like they can do their own production value and they can do everything in house and they can show because th- there how many times do we watch a game at E three? I remember Destiny for example when they first I think they showed it off, and you're watching the people play it and obviously they've made the game they know the game inside out but they're not good at yeah. being on stage and talking as yeah. they're playing through and they're stop. Now it's like right we're going to get people in they're going to play the game and then we're having a narrator over the top of it you can see the gameplay how it's meant to be. And yeah. like it's allowing people like um like I said, Devolver or a smallish publisher compared they can do their own thing. You've got the PC gaming event. Uh if Ubisoft wanna do a Ubisoft Connect, whatever they call it, they can just show, oh we've got two things to show, here's fifteen minutes. And yeah. then instead of constantly oh, you've got three days of constant yeah. just oh this is coming out and things yeah, get lost. Yeah. yeah. I definitely feel like now with the like how the game industry has expanded, I think E3 is a little bit dated, you know. Um, mm. I, th- I think that we've seen over the last couple of years, especially during COVID as well, when there weren't any of these kind of in-person events, they, they, we couldn't have them. Um, publishers and and obviously like PlayStation, Xbox, and they they got by just fine doing their own things online. They can control everything they want. They can show you exactly what they want to show you, you know. And um, whereas it was, it's all fun, like having E3 and stuff, but it's definitely part of an outdated sort of industry that's kind of moving away from from things like that and going in a different direction yeah and a, and a, an ex an expo like that you really need the heavy hitters to be present because if you think yeah. about 
the indie devs and having their chance to get on stage and show what they've got coming. But unless you've got the likes of Xbox and PlayStation and Ubisoft and whoever showing up. Now you see these events and a lot of these indie games, thankfully, like if they're coming to Game Pass or if they're coming on PlayStation and PlayStation are backing them or whatever. Mm, We'll see them. You'll see them at like uh, the developer direct. Oh, by the way, this game, like... um, like motion twin announced windblown at the game awards and that game looks fantastic the dead cells developers if that gets lost at e3 because it's a three four day event and you've got a million games coming out mm, and yeah. even though dead cells is an incredible game it, it gets lost in the weeds whereas little things like that these games can find audiences and also i shit on games journalists or journalists in general for a lot of time E3 must be fucking hell to work on. There's yeah. four events. The two of them are going on at the same time. We need you to write up a, a summary of what you've seen, this, that, and the third. And it's it must be awful to go and work at one of them events. Just you've got three, four days of nothing but announcements, and <laughs> now it's just like oh, nothing this but is world out. premieres. Yeah, world premiere. Well, yeah, and it's so I think. Like you said, E3's dated. I will always have love for E3 because, like you said, it was that Christmas came early. Do you think? Do you think a lot of it as well is that is that E3 now when you're kind of seeing these games being announced, sort of like from the past recent E3 events, you just don't know if they're ever going to come out or when they're coming out yeah. as well. But whereas E3, like way back in the day, you'd sort of watch it the games would be announced and you'd know that when it said the release date on the fucking title card at the end, it would come out on that release date. Yeah, or so the, it's or like, you could actually get that. excited about yeah. it. That doesn't seem like it ever happened. Like, oh, that's a dream. Yeah. That's yeah. a long lost <laughs> um, memory. You see it all the time, like uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got nominated for the uh, the ongoing game. Best ongoing uh, game. What, I don't even know what that means. No, and it's just like, well, is it ongoing because you've had to patch it 50 times because it yeah. was shit when it came out? <laughs> that is it, like, isn't it? That's a and good question. Like, yeah, what, is that, what does that mean? Like, what are you being awarded for? Uh, like, like, I literally, I don't, know, I don't an, understand what it means. I, I, I thought it was an, I, a fortnight or something like that. Cause yeah, it, exactly. I thought I thought it was in to do with like an online persistent game like Destiny, yeah. like Fortnite, you know, like Warzone. I thought it was, that was the, what the award was for. Mm. But, um... Um, we must yeah. be I feel like they just wanted to give it an award just because because yeah. of the DLC was so good yeah. and well received mm. but it's like um, uh, like speaking of no release dates like that Blade game got teased by Arcade and Leon who made Deathloop and like, I'm interested in, uh, in a Blade game that game's not coming out for four years like yeah. it, it, it's like why tease it at this point obviously it's a big announcement and stuff like that it's, also I, there's all that shit as well about it apparently well people don't know if it's going to be an Xbox exclusive or whatever and it's like, just, who, who cares at the end of the day? Who, like, really, who cares? Just like, why are you whinged about everything? Like, they've, they've literally just teased it. They've said it's coming. Like, just yeah. chill. Wait for more information. People yeah. love to moan. Do love to moan. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, um, Bethesda and Xbox, Xbox finally closed the deal for Activision this year. We haven't actually had a chance to really speak about it, I think, because nah. it went on for so fucking long and it got so boring care. in the end. In the um, slightest. Yeah, so what's, what, what, what does the future hold for Activision now it's, now it's part of Xbox? I'm not sure, uh, you know. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet from their no. 
new we have we've seen a shitty fucking Call of Duty game oh, I which uh, did anyone see um, Christopher Judge made to that to be fair joke? though that was not, that's nothing to do with Xbox I'm not giving it no, just no, any no, credit no. for Modern Warfare oh, 3 I am because they put a fucking heinous advert every time you loaded up the Xbox going Whoa, Modern Warfare is out it's criminal <laughs> Uh, Christopher Judge t- did that joke about uh, his speech last year was longer than the uh, Call of Duty's campaign. No year, way. Was, it was a funny joke. Yeah. And some Call of Duty devs tweeted at it about it. Some of them were like, oh, it's it's not very nice when a peer... And that one I understand. With There's this douchebag on Twitter called Tickle Matter. That's his actual handle. Works in the industry. And he goes, imagine having short short spelt with a dollar sign because he's an idiot user engagement once your game is uh, consumed can't relate and a yawn emoji so he's taking shots at God of War because apparently when you complete a game you don't go back to it and it's Mm. like you know you made a bad game it's just fucking childish all of you oh it just bored my piss Right. Well, do we do we? Okay. So Activision lately is as they've been going through it. Right. There's been a lot of fucking drama at that studio. A lot of bullshit going on with Bobby Kotick. Mm. Call of Duty's not in the best place. Um, it could be at the moment. Um, can Xbox make things better for Activision? Can they make Call of Duty great again? I'm I'm so interested what they do when Bobby Kotick leaves because everything they've bought apart from King, which is the mobile side, makes mm. so that. That thing just runs itself, yeah. from what I understand. Blizzard is a shell of what it was a decade ago, and you've seen so many people leave there and say it's not what it was. Blizzard yeah. were this bastion of incredible games, mm. and we've seen it with. Um, I'm not. I don't want to take shots at um, Redfall, but that studio, Arcane, they lost half their developers during that cycle. And the game wasn't up to their standards. And I, I look at Blizzard. We see it all the time. Studios get rid of people. and they get, like, I'm worried about GTA, for example. The houses have left. I am yeah. generally worried. Like You see it all the time. Blizzard aren't what they were. Activision of, of in that cycle. And they're very similar to EA. In certain, it's just mon- monetization, monetization, monetization. Yeah. And uh, Diablo 4 I enjoyed. But they've done things. And it's... if. Xbox can get in there, take out of that. Obviously, they need to make a profit. I'm not saying that, but yeah, but there's ways you can monetize games without it yes. being slap in the face to the gamer. We yeah. we know this for like this is yeah. like this is loads of other games managed to do that. I mean, it's I think how the all the problem... free to play games thrive. How how do yeah. free to game free yeah, exactly. to play games make yeah. it? But I think I'm... I think Activision has got like particularly the Call of Duty studios has got like a real kind of like toxicity problem that needs to be sorted out and that probably comes from Bobby Kotick and yeah. Um, yeah. I think with, with I, I, Blizzard they've lost their way and they need to be kind of realigned with what they were once good the at problem, the problem Xbox have and it's a good problem to have is these games make a lot of money and yeah. they they want to keep making this money because <laughs> you don't drop that sort of money on the obviously it's not going to hurt Microsoft in the long run but it's going to look bad on Matt Booty and Phil Spencer if these games come out and they continually get worse, which Call of Duty is is in a downward trend at the moment. Overwatch is an absolute shambles. That I don't know, that game's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, Blizzard aren't in a good space. They need to get in there and be proactive with it. And I don't think they will. They've got so much on their... You see what they did, what happened with Redfall... 
They didn't. I don't think anyone at Xbox actually fucking played that game before it came out. And they went, mm. oh, internal reviews said it was about seven. And it's they need to be proactive. They need to get in there. They need to go and talk to these people that are employed by Activision Blizzard and like, what's the work environment like? Yeah. I Who think- needs to go? This place is like the amount of, of sexual assault charges and discrimination charges that have been thrown at Bobby Kotick and the people that work for him. Mm. That place is a shithole at the moment. And everything I've heard about Microsoft is a wonderful place to work. They look yeah, after their people. That's what I was going to say. They need to get in there and it's from the ground up. HR teams need to go in there. They need to see who needs to go. And it could be three, four, five years before we see what Xbox can actually do with this because these games are in cycles like Infinity Water working or something, Sledgehammer, Treyarch, it's just continuous. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I've heard that the like the mentality and the life of an employee at Microsoft is actually quite a pleasant one. So I'm hoping that there's going to be a period of time where obviously they're doing a lot of people management putting you know i mean maybe getting rid of the people that they need to and sorting out the, assessing the culture the place, assessing the culture yeah and then i'd like to make done. yeah and then when it comes to the games i am half expecting to see like a completely new ip from activision with the backing of microsoft and maybe like a new team that they'll make within activision because Phil's, even he's been teasing old activision games mm. like openly and i think that it, i think he's for all of his faults he he does have his finger on the pulse like spyro yeah. games and he's a gamer isn't he and, so like, he's, he's yeah. tuned in to what's what the industry you know, is going on when phil and the people that buy a studio they don't necessarily look at it for what they've currently got they look at what ips in the background you've got Spyro you've got Crash Bandicoot and and a whole back catalogue of games that they even if they don't remaster them and remake them they can put onto Game Pass oh by the way here's this game that you love I think that's sort of due to come I'd like to see lots of obviously Activision been around for decades Mm. but I'd really like to see like a partnership where they've created something together and you'll see Activision and Xbox's name on a brand new IP never seen before whole new concept and we spoke like we'd love to see what Infinity Ward could do outside Mm. of Call of Duty and like go and make a brand new IP yeah yeah split them off get yeah I don't know I mean that's what I'd like to see I don't know how many people are still there but like Raven used to make fucking games and now they've been just they just make Call of Duty DLC maps and it's like You've wasted such a good studio there mm. just to make some money. And it's, yeah, I, because we're seeing this with, have you seen with the Bungie, um, what's going on at Bungie at the moment? Kind of. So obviously, um, a lot of people have to take pay cuts and stuff like that. And people at Bungie have sort of said to like mm-hmm. the higher ups, why aren't you taking cuts? And they said, like, this studio, we don't do that here. Like, the, but if Bungie get into a certain um, financial disarray, like Sony can step in and take charge. Yeah. Like, and obviously, I'd love I'd love Bungie to remain independent stuff like that. But Bungie have lost their way, and similar to Activision and like Infinity Ward and these places like this, I'd love to see Sony go in and take control of Bungie and say, look, we're 
we deal with the financial stuff. We run it from here. You just go and make the games that we know you can make. Yeah. And this is what I'd love to see at Activision, at Blizzard. If if Xbox can get into Blizzard and go, look, take all that monetization shit out. We we tweak. We do that side of it. We've got these uh, other developers and studios that you can work with. We've got AI technology, all this. Make what you can. Make something fantastic. Yeah, they're on to a winner. It's, it's it's difficult because obviously we know it takes years now to make a mm. game, and it it still takes a long time to implement changes to a game as well. It could take months or even years in itself, yeah. or adding DLC and and things like that. So no matter what's going to happen at Activision and, and Blizzard, it's not going to be happening anytime soon. Nah, and that's pretty I think much guaranteed. They've they've still got that um, agreement with with Sony as well over Call of Duty, so. I think there's still another Call of Duty to come after this one before they can break that um, that first party deal that they've got going on with with with, with PlayStation. It's so, not um, even Call of Duty I'm worried about with them because it's going to make money. And it's yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, I agree, I agree, but I just I'm just really curious to to see what Xbox can get out of all the talent that that is yeah. at Activision and, like, and I wonder... at the moment. Like, what's the first obvious change that the customer is going to see? What's the first thing that we as gamers uh, are going to uh, notice? Obviously, all, we, all the, the entire library is just going to be end up on Game Pass. That would be the first mm, thing you see. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, all these older games, they're probably bringing them back to life and stick them on Game Pass. Um, obviously, we're a bit more invested than like the casual gamers, so nothing's really going to change them. I just want to see that studio run properly. Like, I'm sick of seeing like people like Bobby Kotick in this industry making money off of people's backs and treating them like shit. Yeah. And, it, it's, and it, he's still there. And it's so, mm. what are you doing? Stinking up the place. Get like, out. Get that gremlin out of this industry. He's made enough yeah. money. And we see it too much. We see it, like uh, like I said, with Bungie. Like these people that are in charge of Bungie and Bungie are held to such high regard and they're just cutting costs and getting rid of people because they won't take a pay cut. Mm. And it's almost like I'd love Sony to go in there and go, look, we're fucking these people off. Herman Host and these um, other it's people at PlayStation, we're gonna t- we'll take control. We'll deal with this sort of stuff. Just go and make what you can make. And this yeah. is what I-, I want Xbox to do. And they need to be more proactive. And I I, I do worry in the long haul because they've got so many studios now. Yeah, it's- they're getting big now. Xbox. They're getting Disney they've, levels. They've got and thirty these, plus studios, and these like leaked that, that emails underneath them. These leaked emails and documents, and obviously they've old oh, the amount of studios they want to fucking buy. They want Sega, and I know people have gone. Oh no, they they're joking about Nintendo. They're not joking about Nintendo. They want Nintendo. They've wanted yeah. Nintendo before Xbox was a thing. They got laughed out of the building in Japan, like. They're gonna go after every studio they can get hold of, and I, they have not got the balls to do it. Like they don't know how to run what they've got now, and it's mm. not obviously. I don't know what Matt Booty and Phil Spencer do on a day-to-day basis. There is not enough people in charge. Yeah. Is, they are getting Disney levels big, and we've seen what Disney levels happens. They've ruined Star Wars. They've ruined Marvel. It's too many cooks. Yeah. Who knows? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, just another massive story for this year. 
Um, yeah. I just wanted to quickly mention, I mean, you mentioned Bungie earlier. They're, they're kind of going through it. And I, I don't think we can kind of speak about how good the games have been this year without also speaking about how many kind of layoffs and how many problems that the industry has seen as well. Yes, yeah, such so a shame we won't, to see. We, yeah, we won't dwell on it for too long, but Obviously, I don't really understand what's going on. I think I think it's... COVID bubbles burst. Yeah, that's part of it. And then I also mm. think that there's just been some real kind of selfish decisions made by people that are in charge of these places without yeah. thinking about the long yeah. term. Like, like, James, I'm, we had a discussion recently, like, uh, obviously I'm not... Uh, the company you work for and the company I work for, they made so much money during COVID and Ben, you would be exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And we then they, they realise, and like, James, like, you worked from home from a long period of time and like, people are now realising we can cut costs here. We can get yeah. rid of this. We can get rid of this, mm. and they there was so much money and infrastructure that have gone into these studios that cost so much, just investment. And they've realised we can get rid of a lot of it, but like with these big companies, you see the the benefits and the perks and the bonuses that these CEOs get, and it's yeah, just like it's they won't take a pay cut whatsoever. And with the bungee situation, devs have said to the higher ups, like this isn't going to be good, and we need to change this and that, and they won't, they won't do it. The wrong yeah. people are in charge. And I mean, you see it with PlayStation, for example, like Jim Ryan got made fun of because oh he's never played a game, etc. PlayStation have released two games this year, and they've made sold more consoles than anyone else. Like they're doing something right. And yeah. like he's, be, I think he might have been pushed out with certain things, but you need these people in there that are going to cut where they need to cut and run these studios properly because Embrace have shut down like 15 studios, it feels like. And yeah. some of these studios are not going to last long. And big studios, like, and obviously Destiny's a big game, stuff like that. If, De if Bungie were completely independent without that Sony money, they could be in trouble right now. Like they could be gone. Yeah. That's it is worrying. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, if you look at like gaming, like we said earlier, the one of, if not the biggest media industry of all time now, and then you think about how much money they're generating. And obviously you have to like evaluate every studio independently and consider that even though gaming as an industry is hitting all-time highs and so on obviously some studios are suffering more than others and then obviously like you said at the beginning kind of covid you throw that into the mix you got all these developers working from home hiring more people to help with the stress of not working as a team or constrained working conditions and then that bubbles popped post covid games have been released this year teams aren't necessarily needed to be as big as they were and it's just like a a real fucking chaos mess of like, I don't know, the games are making loads of money, but developers are being kicked out by the dozen and it's just yeah. a real shit show. Games are making loads of money, but we're spending too much money at the same time. Yeah, mm. It's just not sustainable though, is it? Like I, I look mm. at the Embracer group, like what the fuck is going on there? Yeah, They've they put up so many of these fucking studios, they closed off from down and everyone's yeah, losing their jobs. Yeah, and wiped them out. It's what are you doing? Like, what was the plan Bun all along? <laughs> Bungie just built this new state of art like studio that's got uh, I think it's doubled how many developers they've can like uh, can, can work have. at the base. And then yeah. they've just got rid of like eighteen percent of their workforce because they can't afford it. And <laughs> it's like and that's a we massive company. Really, should we? 
No, no, not to the um. It's the fucking idiots that are in charge the at the top, and the the stupidity like, of it all. It like, just doesn't make any if, sense. If I own a business and I've got these people on my payroll, and the product that I'm in charge of isn't to the standard, isn't making the money of it, I wouldn't dare take a fucking bonus. Mm. I'd make sure these people yeah. can actually go home and feed their fucking families. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, like, no, nah, we get rid of it. There's people at Bungie that have been there for 20 fucking years and they've just thrown to the wayside because they're on more money than anyone else. That's disgusting. Yeah. Like, that's unacceptable in any walk of life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's so stupid. And obviously, we want these creatives to be able to create what they want, but there are these producers and these CEOs in charge that, like... The guy that runs Take Two, that CEO, he's got some he's mental a money ideas. Man, isn't he? Yeah, and he, he's money man. he's fascinating, but he runs that studio right. Like yeah. Rockstar are going to make more money than anyone else, and they've got more people on the payroll. They can afford it. They know how. They're didn't well he, run. didn't he, he? Didn't he suggest or say that we should pay like by the hour or something? Mm. Yeah, when it comes to GTA, because and then people you spend see, thousands of like, hours on it. You see the idiot the at Unity. You see the idiot at Unity wanted to charge per download to yeah. the developer. Yeah, to the developer, yeah, yeah, and he stepped down because of it. And it because that's oh, one of the few times the industry's just went. We're not fucking doing it. We're moving. Yeah, well, loads of people have moved away from Unity. Compare like, that done. to Epic Games, and Epic Games will allow you to make up to a million before they even dip their toe. Epic in. Games are pay paying regular creators that make Fortnite maps money because they know it's more money that goes into their game. If, yeah. if you and you're rewarding a system that like yeah. requires them to do less. If you can get super talented, super skilled people out there to make stuff for you and then probably give them in yeah. in real in considering considering how much money Epic Games make, a real fraction of the amount of money that they'll make, yeah. then but how many times do you see uh, a development a small like group of mates make a mod pack for for a company and then they get hired or mm. it gets bought mm. yeah. it's it's like there's so many creatives out there but these they need to be managed correctly yeah. and like, Embrace have bought up everything and but they haven't got the finances that Tencent have got or well, they they're did spending way the... above the yeah they're spending above their means it's they like you're buying got... stuff and not releasing anything You've got like they've bought the Time Splitters studio that own Time Splitters, and people have been wanting a Time Splitters game for ages. And then they go, "Oh, we've got that. We've got this. We've got THQ, got Nordic, Lord of the Rings." But there's no games coming. We'll fucking out. do something then. Yeah. yeah, do something with them then. Stop well, sacking people. <laughs> well, I did go. Say no more. Yeah. Anyway, game of the year. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to end on a negative note because like we we we're kind of looking back at the year, and yeah, there's been some some real crazy stories from this year, but. You know, I'm always going to remember 2023. Um, I think just oh, quickly on. on the uh, the positives of, of obviously there's been a lot of decline and studios closing. Um, in August there is like these financial reports, like uh, the market, the gaming market this year is estimated to make 187.7 billion dollars this crazy. year. And like mobile revenues going up, consoles revenues going up, and two markets that are projected to get really big and they are growing in Sweden and India oh. this year so it's good to see it's not just like US and obviously you've got like Asian yeah. markets 
uh, like in Japan and China and stuff like this. Like India are really doubling down on the game, uh, video game market. Sweden are getting very big on it. And like we've seen in England this year, multiple studios have popped up. Mm. Like IO yeah. Interactive, the people that make uh, Hitman have got a studio mm. up in Brighton. So there has been a lot of growth in different markets. So I'm fascinated to see what India do in five to 10 years with the amount of yeah. people in that country. And if they can get uh, development studios out there and they can teach people how to make video games, mm. like the potential is mental. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, just to kind of like wrap up this section, I originally wanted to do kind of like a best and worst thing, but mm. I think we'll ditch the worst and we'll just do the best. So we go around the room and you can pick one or two things. We'll have a little chat about it. What has been your favourite thing from this year in video games? It can be a game itself. It could be a moment from a game. It could be a new story. It could be an epic fucking 25 player kill streak, <laughs> whatever you want it to be. Um, I'll go first. I'll, I'll break the ice. So my absolute favourite thing from this year that I have experienced was actually from a game. And it just, it's going to sound a bit corny, but it just had to be the We Sing chapter from Alan Wake mm. 2. It just had to be it because this gave me the most joy of any gaming moment I've experienced from this year. Without a doubt, it was the biggest surprise and I was grinning like a child throughout the whole thing. It was incredible. It was, and it was super unexpected. So unexpected. That's why I think I love it so much because I just didn't see it coming. Like I'm playing yeah. this real sort of dark psychological um, horror slash survival horror game and then all of a sudden... I'm watching Alan Wake and oh, David yeah. Harewood, aka World Indoors, singing and dancing on stage, and it's just really fun. Got, they've was... got announced, isn't it? They've got a new game plus and a different ending coming to Alan Wake too. Yeah, oh. so the new game plus is coming out. Um, I think it's the, is it the 17th? 11th, I think. Oh, oh 17th, like is it? Okay. No, I think, I think um, it's so. It's yeah, so apparently this new version of new game plus is going to have story, additional story content with it. It's going to tie into the whole kind of, it's a loop, not a spiral. Oh. No, it's a smile, not a loop yeah. idea, which is in the game. So oh. definitely checking it out. I'm not quite ready to go back to it yet. Oh, I'm so ready. I would say I've not stopped thinking about that game since I stopped playing it. I, oh. I, like I recently played Spider-Man 2, which I'd say was a good game, but not a great game. It's, mm. it, it didn't deserve to win game of the year. It's got some really good aspects to it, but it's got some real questionable sort of like choices in it. I'm not, I won't go into it here, but you know, the, everything I've played since kind of finishing Alan Wake, nothing's it's really pales in of, comparison. Yeah, exactly, and it's just it was just such a great experience for me. Ben can't get back to it. He's going through all the Sid Meier games now in his back catalogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the beginning. I'm going through every game alphabetically ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, great choice. Um, favorite moment I feel of the like year. I'm going to do favorite and worst. Okay. So my Ooh. favorite has been. A two, I'm just going to say December at the minute because the finals has come out and that was a massive anticipation of mine. Surprise drop, completely out of nowhere. A game that I was like, I already knew as soon as this game came out or was going to come out, I'd be on it every day. And it's come out, been out for three days now and I've played it three days straight and I'm not tired of it. It's just, I'm loving it, every moment of it. So that is a massive 10 out of 10 win for me. Really, really pleased about nice. that. And then the second Good. one is Avatar. So yeah. the Avatar game recently came out. I can't even remember. Frontiers of Pandora. The full name. Yeah, the Frontiers of Pandora. And I fucking love this game. 
really didn't expect me to be i thought i love the look of it on the trailers i do like the avatar films i wouldn't say i'm some mega fan I'm not shitting on anyone who is but i enjoy the avatar films but you know what i mean once i've watched them i've watched them but the game and it's made by massive entertainment the devs behind the division and i just love how the much attention. do ubisoft pay you lots not enough. First actually. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> More money, please. Oh, played all the yeah, take, forget that. That episode's deleted now, by the way. Um, <laughs> but um, Avatar is just mm. a solid, solid, solid game. Like, you can't Good. not appreciate what they've done in regardless of, you know what I mean? It's just a really good game. Visually, it's absolutely stunning. It looks stunning. stunning. It looks yeah. absolutely and beautiful. It's gorgeous. Just, performance is out of this world like right hang I, on a minute okay from now on ben you need to stop saying this game performs really well because okay. you literally have the most powerful pc on the <laughs> no, market no no at the no, no 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 he's right. not his computer piece of shit because the finals keeps crashing on it yeah true <laughs> um okay preface it's not a measuring do... stick it's not a measuring yeah. stick you can't say oh yeah it plays really well on my <laughs> two grand graphics card of yeah. course it's gonna play well yeah all right on my, on my pc on my 960. 49. <laughs> I9 4900K. It performs yeah. really well. And it's mm. it's just a real treat to be able to play a game that looks that good and plays that well. It's like Alan Wake 2. It's just a real good... No, it's not. Well, Alan Wake 2 ran well for me. Um, yeah. But then, like only you. but then you've got stuff like game mechanics, which really will rewards players who want to take them time, take their time and immerse themselves in the game world. Or mm. if you just want to beam it through and play it like a Far Cry, because it is a Far Cry-like, if you like. But um, but yeah, and it is just a really good package. I couldn't, I can't really fault the game at the minute, genuinely. I have been so super immersed in this game. Probably the most immersed in the game I've been in a very long time. Like, just walking through the most dense foliage I've ever seen in a game before, and an actual sort of semi- live ecosystem just happening in front of me and everything down from certain plants displaying certain colors to display certain dangers within a certain range and if you take the time to read the manual or like the field guide and and understand all of the the goings on in the forest and you can really immerse yourself in this gorgeous world and yeah mm. i can't sing my praises so my favorites for gaming in 2022 has definitely been December because of finals and avatar. And I'm going to quickly, I'm not going to go on my dislike for, or worst for this year. I'm going to say one word. Starfield. Dreadful. Really? So even though we kind of said our previous episode where we were more okay so than not okay, it's just a game that the more I've not played it, the more I've realised on how much I was 10, 11 out of 10 hyped for this game, beyond mm. excited for this game, and then how much in reality I was unimpressed with their, the um, package. Have you seen that they're in people's Steam comments? Yeah, on I've the reviews? seen lots of them. <laughs> Mate, it's fucking tragic. Yeah. Like, so, one of the biggest games of the year and people are going, oh, I don't like it. And they're like, yeah. well, you can do this. You can do this. And, uh, it's like, no. And then we oh, send yeah. the, the creators of Star Citizen release their trailer and absolutely blow the whole space well, simulator out yeah, the water. It's interesting because I watched that trailer 
obviously shared it with you guys. You watched it mm-hmm. as well. That trailer made me buy Star Citizen. It yeah. made me want to sit, check it out for myself. And within kind of five minutes, I already was so blown away by the scale of, of Star mm. Citizen and what they were doing in that game. It literally made Starfield look like a fucking primary school kids project. It was ridiculous Absolutely. how big and insane Star Citizen is. Obviously, it's, it's still an alpha. It's not the most optimized at the moment. There's many problems yeah. with it, but I just wanted to try it. I wanted to see it for myself, basically. Yeah. And I was like, not disappointed by what I saw. The game is fucking crazy. Isn't it? Like, you were, I was streaming the game and you were kind of walking me through it, giving me hints and tips that you'd learned from your sort of first playthrough. And the whole process of like waking up in your apartment, making your way to like the dockyard, fetching your ship, flying it, just ascending through the clouds up into space, all seamless, zero fucking loading screens, actually being within a city that was ginormous, taking some light speed train that genuinely real time traveled from point A to point B at literal light speed. Well, not literal, you know what I mean? Bullet train speeds. <laughs> and then going into space, seeing the clouds, going through the atmosphere and all seamless, no loading screens, an incredible experience. And one thing that was most notable to me when I played was I flew around the planet and went to like another completely uninhabited section. It was like big grasslands, not much foliage, just sort of grass and everything. But the scale of the mountains in the distance and the fucking... I landed my ship in the middle of this field and the the expanse was ginormous. And I've remembered at the time Starfield devs saying about you try... It was actually a comment that they'd said back to a Steam reviewer saying that oh they, the game was trying to make you feel small and insignificant and that's why there's not much because you are just a small human on a big planet this experience i had on star citizen was exactly that i was some tiny human on a massive planet and that made me feel small and insignificant not starfield where i'm playing like a one kilometer by one kilometer map i haven't even played star citizen but no man's sky that come out in 2014 on last gen yeah. tech pisses mm. all over Starfield in comparison. Yeah. I mean, like, things. obviously we're getting into like a, a, a tight yeah, topic yeah. now, but, um, if, but that's we, it. if anyone genuinely wants to experience that kind of like space faring adventure, Star Citizen is a game you should keep your eye on because it's mm. a really interesting project and the few at the sort of like seven, eight, nine, ten hours I've spent on it so far, I'm really interested to see how this game develops over time and yeah. it it... <laughs> Funnily enough, it really highlights the flaws of, of Starfield, unfortunately. Really and like, I've been you know, like really against Star Citizen for a long time. I thought it was a money laundering scheme. Yeah, I think like, we all did at one point. I, I I generally thought it was like what the like the day after whatever that fucking day game before. Day before. <laughs> day before. Yeah, that piece of shit. I generally thought it was one of those. Like, oh, we're gonna yeah. take all this money. Mm. The game's never gonna come out. I've I think, seen the trailer. Um, I, I watched James play it the other day, and like I've I've bought Star Citizen. I'm going to jump into it at some point. Oh, nice! But um, yeah. I need to give it more of a go. Like mm. I'm so excited to see what that studio does. Mm. Like, yeah, how the, how they know. kind of form this 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 experience going forward? Because I'm kind of reluctant to call it a game because it, it really is like a like a space sim. It's not really mm. a game. Everything's so kind of no. thought out and and on purpose you know like you have to literally form an action to pick up a bottle you have to perform an action to drink it you have to perform an yeah. action to put it down or put it away it's not like and it's all online it's, mm. yeah yeah anyway Connor yeah. what's your best and worst um 
worst would just be the closures this year. Like it's so yeah. frustrating to see a game a industry make so much money. Um, the best is two. I've got the Dredge DLC to play, and Dredge and Dave the Diver have got a crossover event coming on the fifteenth. No way. So, That's awesome. Yeah, the, the studios hell? have collabed, and there's going to be like dredge content in Dave the Diver, and like I've a bit of a hipster, and those are my two favorite games this year. That's <laughs> um, that's, that's cool. I mean, so, I haven't played played Dave the Diver yet, but you know I will play it. Thank you, by the way, Connor. And um, right, also, um, dredge, yeah, dredge, dredge, just dredge yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I can't, I've got nothing but positive things about dredge. It's and a that, great, the, great little game. That moves on to more of what I'm more excited about this year. Obviously, those two games I love to bits. Um, we're seeing people make like Lethal Company, which is a smash hit at the moment. Um, what game and these smaller studios making these like Sea of Stars I brought up Sabotage Studio earlier like these small games are coming out and they're just showing these AAA companies how to fucking make games and it's not Mm. just I look at certain things come out and it's like Ben brought up like a Avatar and I'm sure it's a great game but a lot of those sort of games are 80 hour fluff fests and it's just filler Mm. Well, that's I don't the thing, like that. games games don't need to be like some super polished, shiny two hundred million dollar budget no. experience. Like you could have a game it's... like Lethal Company that gives you so the same amount of enjoyment as and fun as Spider Man does, as any other AAA game does. It... Because when, once the developers start actually focusing on the experience they want to give the player, opposed to how they want the game to look when it's shipped, you 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 you're gonna end up playing something that people care about. Mm. how they've made it and then that's going to be reflected in, in your experience when you play it that's everything it. I mean, comes down to gameplay loop like yeah. this is why Nintendo I, is so successful Yeah, but, but the you, games aren't as beautiful as everything else but the game it's a game it feels like a game it plays like a game mm. exactly like gamers get the sort of bad rap in regards to the fact that they're all complainers and they're all very sort of anti this and everyone loves to moan and negative reviews and everything like that but then you get a game like Lethal Company that's graphically very unique and not everyone's cup of tea if that was to be any other type of game, but it doesn't matter. Like that, like you said about the gameplay loop, having a game that's actually super enjoyable and super fun and unexpected beats everything else, beats graphics, beats, I don't know, like, sound design. We talk, about, we talk about Starfield, like um, I look at Fallout 3 and Oblivion. Those games are janky messes. But they've mm. got the gameplay loop, and there's more. It feels more heart and soul have gone into those games than Starfield, which is Bethesda's most polished game ever. So they claim, and it runs better than us because of this engine that should have been upgraded twenty five fucking years ago. Most outdated mm. piece of shit game engine ever. But they haven't crafted anything. Uh, all of this is like. Um, procedurally generated all this shit to make all these mm. things and I'd rather have had six planets that are crafted by people that put love, care and attention yeah. into them and yeah. the gameplay because the gameplay is the best gameplay Bethesda have ever put into a game like the shooting mechanics mm. and just everything else but what makes Bethesda great are these worlds that they handcraft and they make and they people love is gone there's a reason why more people are playing Skyrim than Starfield <laughs> mm. yeah it's just it's, they're getting so lazy with these games now and like oh this is procedurally generated and this has got AI to do this that and the third 
I'd rather play Dredge that's been made and handcrafted by a studio that have put years into that game. And you look at Hades and you look at Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars. They're Baldur's Gate, which is a AAA game this year, but they've treated it like it's an indie game. They've mm. they've put love, attention into it. It's got incredible voice well, isn't, acting. Isn't, isn't Baldur, Baldur's Gate is technically an indie game, though, isn't it? Because it's, it's self-published. Yeah, technically, but it's got a triple A budget in it. Two thousand people worked on that fucking game. There's like, yeah, but but they've treated it like it's their last game they're ever gonna make. They've treated it like this is the this is the only chance we've got. Yeah, and whereas you see Activision, EA, Ubisoft, PlayStation, Xbox, whoever, we've got we can we can chuck that game in the bin. Look at Anthem. Look at games like that. They haven't tried to <laughs> fix them. And yeah, look at No Man's yeah. Sky. They had to fix it because it was a shit show. And that yeah. game's incredible now. Whereas EA and these other studios, I oh, would take a hit on that. Don't fuck them out. We're on to the next one. Yeah. Thanks, Connor. Well, before we sign off, I just wanted to give our listeners a huge shout out because thanks to you guys, we've actually had a far better year of doing this podcast than I think any of us could have imagined. And we're all extremely grateful for the time you've taken to listen to this show we know that there are many, many, many video game podcasts out there, but it means the world to us that you have connected with ours. We always wanted Checkpoint Radio to be a place where we could have informed, fair and neutral discussions about gaming, but also celebrate the industry and share why video games are so important to us. And we really feel like we're creating that with the response we've had from our listeners. So thank you for lending us your time over the last few months. We really do appreciate it more than you realise. Uh, gents, how, how do we feel about the last year of, of the show? I think it's gone pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones where you look forward to it at the end of each week, well, bi-weekly, and it's kind of like paid off, if you know what I mean, because obviously this does take some time and we all have to edit it and we all have to upload it and posts and thumbnails and research and everything. So it is like a mini job on the side, but yeah. I feel like obviously the main reasons or one of the main reasons that we started this podcast other than gaming and talking about gaming because we love gaming but it's a time for us to talk the three of us and to actually stick a date in our diary every two weeks for us to guarantee that we're going to spend some time together even though we yeah. do still obviously play with each other very often but still it's like the guarantee that we'll go we're gonna do something together and it's good i love it so yeah yeah that's yeah that's uh, I'm blown away to be honest. I thought it would be us three listening to it and like Ben's yeah. dad as about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and Lawrence, awesome. shout out to uh, Lawrence. He listens to every episode. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Lawrence. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just been weird, man. Like seeing, like checking people listening to it, and like when the first episode went up, it went to like 90 listens, and then it tailed off a little bit. Like to talk behind behind the curtains, yeah. we thought, oh well, yeah, feeling but good, and been, then it's like, no, yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's been <laughs> such a good creative outlet, and yeah. I, like I get to look at new stories every day, and just sort of take more interest into an industry that is I love to bits, and it's made me who I am, and it's a great way for us to like connect, and obviously we play all sorts of games, and looking into the next year, like I'm hoping that we get to stream a bit more. Mm. And we play different type of games. Like me and James talking about playing like that demonologist where we'd never played that game before. Yeah. But we think, do you know what? It'd be so much fun. And like the random sessions we've done where we've played like Lethal Company to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had yeah. so much fun and like Sons of the Forest was great and like just little games and mm. um, so yeah I'm just really I think it was the perfect year for us to start because this year's been if we if we started during like COVID and there's fuck all happening we'd have been sitting there like with oh let's talk about the PlayStation 2 it's like oh okay yeah <laughs> I know where you're going because nothing's going on so it's been yeah. really great I know it's so much fun I, I mm. look forward to like this every time it comes up yeah so. I think for me as well, there's, I've always wanted to kind of build build a community and have like a sense of like, you know, I just I just feel like there's so much kind of nonsense that, that you that you read online and like social media yeah. is just full of like, just some really crazy opinions. And like, I'm not saying that, that, you know, our opinion matters more than other people's or anything like that. But I just feel like that we as like a group, we, we represent gamers like, the majority of gamers because we, we we are gamers we think like gamers we act like gamers we react to things the same way that most gamers would do you know we fucking hate price hikes we hate fucking you know all this shit we've seen going on this year of industry allows we hate all that stuff you know we're not in it for kind of views or clicks or anything like that we genuinely enjoy the discussion about gaming mm. and if we can extend that out to other people who want to get involved in the conversation and we're we're always willing to chat with people and we got a few members on our discord server who are really active and talk to us a lot, a lot of the time and they ask us questions about stuff we speak to them back and um yeah it's 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 fun it's it's good and it's been a good year for us and you know hopefully uh next year we can we can continue to grow this and we can we can yeah just just carry on having fun with it and i, th I think it's, it's been a, a great first year so it's far nice to have a discussion about these things as well like we don't agree on everything and it's fine but like ben's the most happiest person i know and he's like talking about avatar i'm sure if i played avatar for 15 hours ago what the fuck is this yeah, i don't care because you're happy i'm happy that you're happy that you mm. found a game that you love and like i look at things differently james looks at things different. i look at things quite negatively i know that and uh, i'll call a good out. mix yeah, yeah. and it, it's great but they so I kind of, I kind of try and be the voice of reason. Ben's yeah, like yeah. overly yeah. positive and everything, and Connor's this is overly amazing. negative and everything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm overly negative. Shit. I just, I, I will call out Todd Howard on his bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, snake oil salesman <laughs> Todd Howard, you're fooling no yeah. one. You are fooling <laughs> no one. But like, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit's due. Like, Starfield mm. did really well in numbers, but the game ain't great. But yeah, uh, no, yeah. but I'm all joking aside. It's just, it's really nice to have a discussion because obviously we talk about games and stuff like that. But there's things that we've learned this year and we've researched and yeah, it's just been really fun. It's a great mm. creative outlet because we all work difficult hours and long hours. And like, Well, we couldn't I work know. more opposite shifts, could we? James, no. Monday to Friday, nine to five mostly. I'm shift mm. work, changes every fortnight. Your night shift, like we couldn't yeah. be more yeah, random and opposite. So yeah. to find the time but, to talk and play and so on is difficult so that's why i like the, the regular yeah and it's a great way to keep up obviously we chat and on discord and stuff like that but like you say ben we're like you'll be like finishing the day i'm starting yeah, mine that's uh, and stuff like that. it's always nice to see what's going on and obviously and also everyone that's been supportive in discord and like awesome. like but I mentioned like I mentioned your dad earlier like mm. he's been fucking great and like Kieran jumped on the podcast which is awesome which obviously it's an open invite yeah you can come back he's whenever he wants so yeah. but yeah it's it's just been really cool to see it grow and like the mm. places that people are popping up listening to it's like what <laughs> yeah. I, I've never even heard of this place and like, people yeah. in fucking Singapore 
USA, yeah. obviously, is a big market for us. Greece, Netherlands, Germany, Australia. There's people listening all over the world, and it's it's, it's pretty crazy awesome. when you see when you yeah. when you see it as well. You know, we've we've only released twenty episodes, and we've had you know a thousand plus downloads, which I think is like it's it's pretty cool. And like, I'm not yeah. saying this to kind of brag or anything, because believe me, I'm not bragging at all. I am just right. very very appreciative of yeah. everyone who's listened because we originally started this for us, just as something to do. And then the idea of like having a community came around, but it's kind of like, well, you know, if people listen, then they listen, it's fine. If they don't, then they don't. But yeah, we mostly do it because we enjoy to do it for each other and it's just fun. But the fact that we've got so many people who are actually listening and people are returning each week to listen, it really does mean a lot to us. And and hopefully going into 2024, we can start to build out the community even more. We can have more engagement from people that listen to the show and people can hopefully write in more. We're always happy to hear from our listeners. If you ever want to send us a message or hit us up on our Discord and we, we really welcome that stuff. Yeah, and obviously Christmas is coming up and it's a tough period for a lot of people. A lot of people get lonely around this time. So if you are listening, maybe get in the Discord and start a conversation, maybe find some people to play games with. Obviously, we'll try and jump in. I'd love to set up like a Halo tournament at some point or yeah. like do something where we That's can yeah. get a load of people in, play some games, or maybe we download that mod for Lethal Company and get some people in <laughs> and just have an absolute blast. So that's something I would like to be more active in that server in yeah, 2024. Yeah. I think something mm. I would like us to stream more games. I'd like us yeah. to play more games and stuff like that. And Post all our stuff in there. Yeah. And yeah. obviously if you've got any games you'd like us to try out, maybe something we've missed this year or something that you're playing that you're enjoying, let us know. Uh, yeah, what you're looking forward to in 2024, let us know. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of speaking of Christmas, I, I guess we should say that we are actually taking a break over Christmas. So yeah. this will be our last episode for a few weeks and our next episode, episode 22, will be airing on January the 12th. So um, if you do want to continue to support us throughout that time, all you need to do is listen to the show. We're not li- we're literally not asking no. for anything other than that. We just want people to listen and enjoy it. Give us feedback if you want or don't. Um, like Connor said, game recommendations on our Discord. Send us comments, whatever you want. We're, we're happy to hear from everyone. Um, yeah, the podcast is available on all good streaming services. We've got a video version on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, you can access all of that by tapping the link in the description of this episode. Like, if you celebrate Christmas, have a great Christmas. And if not, have a good new year. Um, we'll speak to you soon. We will speak to you very soon. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up for 2023. Thank you all so much for listening to our show over the last few months. It's really been a great experience getting to do this and work on something that we all love and enjoy. We hope it comes across in the show. Like always, we have more content and available uh, and a community Discord server. Hit the link, link in the description of this video. You can see all that stuff. Well, I guess this is us signing off for 2023 now. We hope you have a happy holiday, happy new year and all that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next year. Bye.